my new friend. I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and keynote speaker who is ready to help you improve your it. It being the thing that makes you, you. You. So think of me as your keeping it real professional development bestie who is here to help you develop yourself into the best version of you possible. So you can develop your team and lead with intentionality, transparency, and authenticity. Oh, and did I mention we're improving your it through play? That's right. I'm an improvisational comedy expert who uses experiential learning to help you have your aha (laughs) moments. Those are the moments when the light bulb goes off and you're laughing at the same time. So grab your chicken hat, your notebook, and your inner child because I'm going to take you on a journey that is both fun and transformative. Welcome to the Improve It Podcast. Improve it, peeps. Okay, get ready. Get a sheet of paper. Save this episode and the series of these episodes to come for when you are having a really bad day. This conversation with Jay Fields blew my mind. I am so excited to bring this conversation to you. It's in three parts as we've been doing. Oh my goodness. Let me just tell you a little bit about Jay here. So Jay Fields is a somatic coach who has devoted her life to helping people leverage the nervous system to manage their emotions more effectively. Now, she's the creator of the wildly popular program, Yours Truly, which has taught thousands of women how to harness their body, brain, and nervous system to build self-trust and to show up more authentically in their personal and professional relationships. Now, Her approach to helping people have their own back at work and in life is grounded in playful, empathetic, and intelligence. She's the author of the LinkedIn Learning Courses, Overcoming Insecurity from Her Confidence at Work, Managing Your Emotions at Work, and Reduce Stress and Anxiety by Managing Your Nervous System, which has gotten close to 400,000 views. So if you're on LinkedIn and take those learning courses, check out Jay Fields. Now, additionally, she's a former yoga teacher and has authored the book, Teaching People Not Poses, which offers yoga instructors tips on how to be truly remarkable at their job. Let me tell you, this conversation was like going to a spa with a therapist and walking out the other side, feeling like I had a rub down and my mind was free. Body and mind connection, everyone. It was incredible. I can't wait to have this first conversation with you alongside of you so you can hear it as well and just feel the feels. We're talking all about your body and the nervous system and why they are critical to creating lasting behavioral change. Let's get to improving it with Jay Fields. Jay, welcome to the Improve It podcast. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Um, I said this before we hit record, but you have this just great calming presence, which just keeping it real, I needed today. <laughs> so, um, well, let's hope it works for both of us so I don't like hit out and, you know, get all hyper. I know. 
You know, that's, I know I have a new, I have a new deodorant and I've been pitting out less, but I know, I feel like what we're going to talk about today should calm the armpits. <sighs> so let's do that. Okay. Well, let's start by <laughs> setting. I love that sigh. <sighs> let's start by setting an intention for you and this show. So what is one word that you want to give our listeners today? What's an intention mm-hmm. that could guide us? wholeness comes to mind. Yep. That's amazing. I love that wholeness. Okay. So you are a somatic coach. You've helped many understand their body and their nervous system, which in turn helps them show up as more authentic leaders. Your work is this beautiful blend of mindfulness and psychological theories that are different from therapeutic modalities. And what I read on your site is that they're approached through this lens. I'm going to completely butcher the way that this, I love is, it. this is said. Polyvagal? Poly, polyvagal. No, that's it. Polyvagal. That's it. Polyvagal. Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So can you start off just by telling us about this theory in theory? In theory. <laughs> Theoretically speaking. <laughs> Yes, because this is kind of a big deal in terms of understanding your experience as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so polyvagal theory, essentially, uh, Stephen Porges came up with this. And essentially, it's this um, recognition that our nervous systems don't have just two functions. We tend to think of the fight, flight, and the freeze, right? There's a third function, and that's social engagement. So Essentially saying as human beings, when we feel safe and secure and okay, there's another setting that we're on, right? Mm -hmm. We're not always just responding to stress. And that setting of social engagement is where we're at when we can be um, open and communicative, where we have access to our full brain and can be creative and spontaneous and see possibility and understand Basically, like this is the part of us that makes us uniquely human, as opposed to what you or your viewers might have heard of, like the lizard brain, right? The lizard brain is all about survival or the mammalian brain is all about kind of like, how do I, how do I make attachments to stay safe and connection, you know, but the human brain, this, that's part of us that we have access to when we're in social engagement is like, what makes us badass? (laughs) Yes. At whatever it is that we do. And whatever relationships we're in. Oh, I love that. I love, okay, this is just such an interesting concept to me, especially when it comes to leadership and social engagement, connection. I want to talk about this, this, this combination when you mentioned also like the fight or flight mode, freeze mode. Why is understanding this theory, the polyvagal theory, so critical in creating lasting behavioral change. How does that theory help us continue to be great leaders once we we find out how to do that? Yeah, great question. Because I, the thing that I that I experience and that I've seen clients experience over and over again is that once you can understand that the state that your nervous system is in influences your behavior, the way you think about yourself, 
the way you think about the world around you, the way you think about others, then you can take out the shame and the blame. So let me give you an example. Like if your nervous system is kind of in a mobilized state and you're in fight flight mode, just by the very nature of what that feels like in your body, you are going to see other people as adversaries. You're going to experience yourself as kind of like um, short-tempered. You know, I mean, think about it. Anytime you're in fight, flight, it's like, you're annoying. You're too slow. You're in my way. Yes. <laughs> and, right? Because that's what you're, that's the state that you're in. And so when we're in that state, though, we tend to think I'm a jerk. I'm not very nice person. You know, like we blame ourselves. Or if you're in an immobilized state, we tend to think I'm lazy. I'm, I'm good for nothing. I'm never going to get anywhere. These people are so much better than me, right? Like if you find yourself in those states, it's really hard to differentiate that that is an influence. It isn't real. Yeah. And so when you can find yourself back in the social engaged state where you feel balanced, where you feel safe, where you feel like you can make real connections, um, that you feel differently about yourself and other people in the world. And I think that's why understanding this can make such lasting change is because if you get down on yourself for being in either one of those mobilized or immobilized places and you, you know, you talk crap to yourself in your head or you just feel bad about it, you're more likely to stay in that state, <laughs> right? It's like self-perpetuating. Yeah. So if you can understand, oh, this is a state, this isn't who I am, and you can use practices to get out of that and come back to social engagement, you get more access to your wholeness more of the time. Mm, okay, we're going to get to those practices. That's a lot of words. <laughs> in just a minute. No, those are fantastic words. I've been taking them. I'm like, yes, I needed this today. Hopefully everyone listening needed this today because, Jay, I told you I'm having a day. Like this it's is- It's a day. It's a day. And okay, so- I love what you're saying about this, uh, this shame and this guilt, because I think a lot of people listening are people leaders. We carry a lot of loads, a lot of invisible loads, right? They're, we're parents, we're leaders, we're friends, we're parenting our parents, we're doing the most. And I'm going to speak for me. I had to really unlearn that rest is not productive and allowing that fight or flight to calm down is essential for career growth because maybe 10 years ago there was this boom of whole hashtag hustle culture hashtag boss babe culture right where everybody was hustle 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 work 12 hours a day and now it's I'm seeing this shift. Are you seeing a shift for more mental health and mindfulness oh, at work? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In the last few years, there's a real understanding like this, this isn't working. We got to do something different. The hustle culture, the go, go, go. Um, and just all the pivoting we all needed to do in the last few years because of the pandemic. Um, you know, because something to understand about the nervous system is if you're in fight flight, that go, go, go mobilized place long enough, you just, you drop, you go to yeah. immobilized. And I think one of the things that our culture has gotten wrong because we haven't understood polyvagal theory that well is that, um, that there is one path to coming back to 
being grounded or being calm and balanced that, you know, it's like the bubble bath culture, right? Like just take a bath, yeah. read a book or, but it's like, or go for a run exercise. And it depends the state that you're in depends on what you need to do to get back to good. So if you're in immobilized watching 10 hours in a Netflix, you're not going for a run to feel better. Like there's nothing that's going to get your butt off the couch and, you know, into an exercise. At the same time, if you're in like, go, 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 and you're doing six things at once. And like you're saying, you're parenting the kids, you're parenting your parents, you're leading the team. And you're going to just sit down and like, enjoy a book and read in a relaxed manner in a hammock for the afternoon. That's not happening. Like, yeah, you can't go from 60 to zero and zero to 60. So one of the great things that I think about that, that I think is great about polyvagal is understanding what are the techniques to kind of edge you back towards okay. Because um, if, if I'm in Netflix mode and sweatpants mode and eating snacks. Hmm. That's a great mode. I need that mode. That's a great mode. Yes. Yes. It's a great mode. But if you're needing to come back into like being a productive member of society, you know, that's Sunday night and you got Monday coming. Honestly, things like taking a warm shower and like actually feeling the temperature of the the water and like sensing the steam, like just being in your body is enough to give you just that little bit extra lift or putting lotion on your legs and it smells good and you're feeling you have touch again. Cause in that immobilized place, you're, you're numb. You're not feeling yeah. anything. You're just consuming, you know? Yes. Um, whereas if you're in a mobilized place and you're go, 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 and you can't slow down, um, it might, that's when you go for the run or like meet yourself where you're at and wear yourself out a little bit or, when you're in the mobilized state, that's where you call a friend and have a conversation where you actually can feel yourself talking again, you know, because you're talking to someone that you can open, open up with and share an emotion with. And it like just kind of slows you down just that we're not looking for now I'm Zen master. We're looking for, can you find ways to be in your body that help you just dial it back two degrees? Mm. Oh, yes. I'm like, yes. Because I think there's such a connection, obviously, with the mind and the body. We've talked a lot about that on this show, too. I love this topic. And it really, for me personally, I saw the shift in my own life when I connected the mental capacity with my body when I actually said, okay, let me take time to sit. Let me, let me. I'm one of those people that has to schedule rest. Like I literally have to make it a priority. And that shift can change so much in the body and it can create and lessen, well, it can lessen tension, but also just allow you to feel more in your body, which is what essentially both of these modes are saying. Like you need to get into your body off the immobilization piece here's some steps to do that. You need to get back into your body by resting and giving yourself tiny tweaks to do that. Because I hear you. I have so many friends who have young kids, I, myself included, where they're like, how do you read? Like, how do you have time to sit down and read a book? How do you have time to just sit? 
And you're right, those little things can make those tiny shifts over time can make a big impact. Yeah. And I think, you know, the piece about the the body that's so important to know is that, and you might know this, but the information that goes between our body and our brain, 80% of it goes from body to brain. Only 20% goes from brain to body. So the reason why these embodied practices are so important is because they're called bottom up ways of regulating. You use this whole thing that's down here below your head, (laughs) you know, to go bottom up. So if my body is in a rev and I'm breathing shallowly and quickly and my heart rates fast, I can use my mind to try and think my way into being calmer. Or I can use my body to try and convince my brain I'm actually okay. So for example, one of my favorite techniques for getting back to good or regulating is shaking, like really just like a fast shake. Because if my, yeah, you can do it right now. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. If your muscles are tight, if you're in like a tense mode, like, you know, your muscles are just gripped, your brain is getting the message, something must be wrong because I am Mm. in preparation for fighting or fleeing. So if you shake and like, it's just that super fast, like, your muscles soften. And that's a message to your brain. Oh, my muscles are soft. I must be okay. Because if my muscles are soft, I'm not preparing for fighting for my life. So that's a bottom up way of processing or of regulating. You use your body to tell your brain you're safe. And then your body can actually rev down from there. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, this is interesting. I use the opposite approach. I try to like calm my mind. So I feel like then them doing the 20% when I need to focus on the body, which is the 80. And look, it can work top down or, you know, yeah. using your head to calm your body can work. But if it's your only, your only tool, you're kind of, you know, and yeah. and if your mind is anything like mine, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it probably is. Mm-hmm. Ah, yep. goes on in there all the time. Like it's like you know herding cats. And then if I'm yep. if that's my tool for helping my body feel better, yeah, I'm screwed. Yeah, we're screwed. Okay, and I will tell you this is interesting because actually, and you know, we use improv for soft skill, power skills, what I call them, development. We actually start the beginning of every workshop with an activity called shake it out, which yes. is like we shake out all of our limbs, right? Our yes. right arm, our left arm, right, like left, left. We count down to eight, we go down to seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I've never connected how important that is to actually getting people into their bodies and out of their heads because yes. people come into the workshop so nervous, right? And they're like, oh, this isn't bravo, my gosh, and their body is tense and I mean, it's, it's it's so funny because we, as facilitators, we always say this, as soon as shake it out is over, that's when the workshop starts and we do, yeah, Yeah. and we do it about like 10 minutes in. It's perfect. Okay. Now I get it. Now I get it. It's all that. Yeah. You're doing it. Uh, We're doing it. 